waffle, copy white waffle, all right. Oh, hello, everybody. Hello uh, there. Uh, this is Chris. And this is Jane. And here we're back with another copyright waffle episode. Yes. Uh, and it's episode four. It, it, is it episode four? I think wow. so. Wow, time flies while you're having fun, doesn't yeah, it? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm very pleased that I haven't really had to travel very far. No, 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 waffle. we're at the yes. University of Kent. We are at the University of Kent, which yes. is, I think, as everyone would... Probably admit is the best university in certainly in the country or in perhaps the county even, of Kent, even in the no, world possibly. No. I know. So anyway, before we go off on this is a ridiculous uh, train of thought, I would like to introduce um, our guest this week, who is Dr. Jose Belido, um, who's a senior lecturer at the Kent yes. Law School here. So mm-hmm. hello, Jose. Hello. Hello. Thank, thank you very much for agreeing. To be interviewed. Oh, yes, thank you. It's a Thanks pleasure. for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, as always, we've got some questions we'd like to ask you. Mm-hmm. About I thought you were going to mention cake. Oh, you thought I was going to mention cake? Yes. Now? Cake at the outset. <laughs> well, if the, oh, okay, I'll hand over to you. Where are they? Where are they? Yeah, <laughs> what's going on with the cake? Well, no, we're not allowed to eat cake on microphone. No, no, no. But we do have for a treat for afterwards to thank you, Jose, yeah, for speaking look, to us. Thank you. Some homemade banana and blueberry mm-hmm. muffins. Mm-hmm. So, we'll my favourite. My favourite. Oh, he's just saying that now. We'll put the lid back on the cake, though, for the time being. <laughs> okay. We will return to the cake yes. after our waffle. Yes, let's yes. do that. Yeah. Okay, so we'd, if we can ask you first, this is the question we start most people off, is can you just tell us about your copyright history? How yes. did you first get into copyright and what was it that you found interesting about that? I don't know. I mean, I think it's difficult to look back and, and think, hey, was there a moment that that I became interested in copyright? I, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I think there are many well, different moments in which I became more and more interested in copyright. Uh, when I was studying here in the UK, I did a master in in IP at Queen Mary. So that was ah. one of one of the moments in which I thought it could be interesting to follow up. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but I don't have a particular moment that I realized uh, it was something definitive. I always, even mm. now, I always think that there are interesting things about copyright. Some other non-interesting things. Oh right, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so it's multiple, multiple moments in 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 my life, uh, and not not a single moment I can okay. uh, pin uh, pinpoint or. or. So I, mean, I, I suppose also the people that you have met, influencing, or the books that you have read. Mm. Uh, for me, the, those are moments that I still remember as as. As, uh, as as time in which I thought, oh, it could be interesting to to read a little bit more on this. Mm. And any that you any stand out in your memory then? Was there... Stand out, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I I've got a few books that uh, this one book that I think it coincided a little bit with uh, my decision to become an academic. Uh, okay. That is uh, the making of intellectual property by Bentley and Lionel Bentley and, and Brad Sherman. It's still a book yeah. that I reread and yeah. I find it fascinating. I mean, for me, it's, 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 the, book. it's the book that really uh, opened my mind of, of what is what was intellectual property. And I'm always... I think what I do, I'm always in conversation with that book. 
Yeah. Uh, um, I don't remember well when it was published. I think it was late 90s. Right, right. Uh, but when I read it, it was when I was a student, 2000, beginning of 2000, 2001 or two, And, and that was, uh, I mean, still is uh, one of my favorite books. And I think it really influenced me in the decision to to become an academic yeah yeah oh right so prior to that what were you you were studying law yeah um so what was it that prompted you to get into law in the first place um i think by default (laughs) it was more (laughs) by default um so i was uh this trying to decide between journalism mm, mm, and law mm. uh, for personal reasons i didn't <laughs> go to become a journalist uh, i second year of my degree i was not convinced i was very close to drop Mm. Second year, and look at me now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Legal yeah. So you're gonna give up? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. wow! So that was second year. Then you're a bit disillusioned, were you? Oh. Yeah, I don't particularly like lawyers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think law as a discipline is is also uh, difficult and very reserved for a very specialized knowledge. So I, yeah. I don't. I, I find other subjects uh, more interesting than law, actually, yeah. like history, like uh, uh, science. Um, so I never got into a desire of becoming a lawyer. And, and that was always haunting me uh, when I was studying law. Yeah. Um, do you think it was something to do with the way it was taught then? Do you think it was... Or was it I think it's the... Yeah, the I mean, nature the, of the subject. The nature of the subject uh, orientated toward, towards practice. Yeah. Um, the subjectivity that is obviously something that you need to nurture. Uh, and, and if you want to become a lawyer, you have uh, a very particular ethos mm, mm. Uh, that you have to develop as a, as a student. Um, I think um, I, I realized at some point that studying law is interesting and there's no, um, you don't need to become a lawyer to... to so it's a route to do lots of yeah, other things, yeah. isn't it, as so, well? Yeah. So that I... I yeah. Took me some time to realize. Yeah, because yeah, I think they say like about fifty percent of law graduates don't yeah. go on and practice yeah. law. They do something else with it. But I they? think there is a conception that that if you do law, you study law, you will become a lawyer. I yeah. still have to tell many people, oh, I'm not a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even yeah. though I uh, I teach law, I don't. I am not a lawyer. I don't. I don't particularly enjoy disputes or mm, litigation, mm. Uh, uh, and therefore uh, uh, there might be other alternatives to study law. I mm. guess some lawyers will believe that we academics are frustrated lawyers, and perhaps they are right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that when I was studying uh, my diploma um, in copyright law last year, some mm. of the fellow students on that course, there was a few practicing lawyers on there said, you know, some of the visiting lecturers, oh, but they just read it all in books. You know, they don't I actually know it, what it's yeah. really like. Ah. But I also read in some of the things... Law in books or law in action, that was yeah. one of the distinctions that they made. Law ah, in books okay. and law in action will be practitioners. And yes. Interesting. But another interesting thing I read in one of those kind of law primer books that I was getting into, mm-hmm. not having had a background in law and going back into studying it, is that the term lawyer actually if you think about it, could broadly apply to anybody who actually works with the law. So actually a judge is a lawyer, as much yeah. as, a, as a law student is a lawyer, if you like, because mm. you're practising the law. And then academics mm. similarly would come under that route. And I guess as so would 
other kind of non-legal qualified yeah. kind of people working with institutions. A jurist. Oh, okay. A jurist. Mm. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a jurist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite a divide, though, with the, when we do a lot of work with people who work in the library field who always want to say, oh, it's, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. You know, they're very... People will learn a huge amount in, in uh, the library world about <laughs> copyright, <laughs> but they're always really clear... Oh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, and they'll be very scared at this idea that they might be giving somebody some kind of advice that yeah. they might act on, and then mm-hmm. you know, come back and sort of, you know, want to want to sort of sue them or something if they got it wrong. It's, it's, it's there seems yeah. to be a lot of concern. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that. I think to some extent, what you are doing is to to bring this type of legal knowledge to a way that people can understand it. Yeah, and, and try I think make that's it a impo- bit more accessible. Yeah, accessible, that's important. I yeah. think because the profession was always very closed. Very, yes. Yeah. Uh, afraid of being in contact with, with uh, lay people. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting what you say about not particularly enjoying disputes and if mm. you like if you think about it well you have the the, the, the practicing lawyers in the trenches dealing with disputes day in day out and some of that will be about tactically how do you how do you get your clients what they need um presumably what you find as a role as an academic is you're kind of you're slightly out of the trenches you can see the mm. bigger picture you can see perhaps where things should be you know if you want to push the law towards a way that that kind of i guess so yeah society. i think also uh, um I remember when I worked as a lawyer for a couple of years in, in Madrid, uh, that was something that uh, my boss at that point was, was telling me that uh, you are you don't like disputes, you are ne- you will never become a good lawyer. Really? Because disputes are our business. Yeah. This, <laughs> that's the foundational <laughs> basis of our business. So actually we are happy when people are in conflict and dispute. That's the way you relate to your client. And and I think to some extent he's right as well. And 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 it would be difficult for a lawyer uh, uh, not to be very excited about tactics, disputes, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and so so basically I will never become a good lawyer. I think. I <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then so you have this, you know, you're in you're studying law. You're kind of you find yourself inspired by Bentley and Sherman, and you're now thinking that this is something you really want to get into. So mm-hmm. from that point on, how did that develop? Because you have an interest, I know. In you said you had an interest in history, clearly mm-hmm. you have an interest in the history of intellectual property, mm. um, and there are other areas. And you, music is another area that you've been music, looking at as well. So yeah. how did that develop? Um, but yeah, I think you. I think the history of intellectual property in in its different forms. Uh, history of authorship, mm. history of technology, uh, history of, of music. Um, so, so I think that's that's my route to intellectual property more than than reform or, or policy. Okay. Um, how biographically, how I uh, move from one place to another uh, after studying at primary. Uh, I decided to continue doing a PhD, and and I did it at Birkbeck okay. uh, College oh, in yeah. London, uh, under the supervision of Fiona Macmillan, okay. and 
and also it really opened my mind to different to different um, methodologies mm. uh, so I think I'm a product of the places in which I have been mm. <laughs> uh, first Queen Mary uh, then Birbeck now Kent mm. uh, Birbeck uh, School of Law is is really one of the centers for uh, critical legal uh, scholarship and and, and the reading groups are all about Derrida, Foucault, oh, uh, and 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 it's it's always questioning the question the what law is and yeah. what as a form of power or as a or as a discipline itself. So Birbeck had a, a great influence in me as well. Uh, uh, not only Fiona, su- Fiona supervision, but also the people who were there. Uh, to take uh, intellectual property from different angles, yeah. and and perhaps if I had been at Queen Mary or any other place, I would I would not have been looking at the things that I am looking at now yeah. or what yeah. I did. Uh, so um, it was a great place as well, uh, <laughs> and some of these uh, names like Michel Foucault, they uh, they were really influential in in copyright, for instance, in the uh-huh. in the way. He put the question of, of what is an author. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so that's basically what I was telling you before about the multiple histories. I think my my move um, through Birbeck really inspired me in different ways, and and it's not as simple as saying I applied this to copyright. It's much more embedded into how I look at things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's not a question of applying something, but really what I was uh, influenced by and and what made me. Okay, so what was the topic of your uh, thesis? <laughs> the topic was copyright uh, history yes. uh, in Latin America uh, from 1880... Uh, I don't remember now. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1884 or 5... Uh, to 1890s. Okay. I mean, oh, I, I got wow. so around the time of the Berne Convention. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. I think that wow. was the point. Uh, uh, that was the point. Uh, I think someone was telling me it's going to take you to write a PhD longer than the years <laughs> that you are <laughs> that you are talking about. But yeah, I thought uh, exactly what you say is it was about the Berne Convention, uh, the the making of the Berne Convention. So it was three years before, or four years before, uh, it was eighty eighty six. So that's why I was wondering when I started looking at it, and then the revision conference of the Berne Convention in the in Paris, in 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 the eighteen nineties. So that's that okay. was my my periodization or or mm-hmm. or why. Uh, I was studying the different approaches of Latin American countries oh, towards okay. the So which countries did you look at? Uh, most of them. Uh, most oh, wow. of them. Uh, oh. Cuba, yeah. uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Argentina, Mexico. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the only one that I didn't uh, look at, but there's, there's someone else in, in, in Paris who is doing... Uh, great work now on that is Brazil, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. because of the Portuguese, but because yes. I was not uh, fluent in Portuguese, but but I yeah I I I um, 
I became an expert. <laughs> I became an expert in copyright history in Latin America in the late 19th century. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's I'm just reflecting on that Jane recently visited Uruguay. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I was in so, Uruguay as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So met lots of people there mm. and very interested in, because their law dates from still from the 1930s, so mm-hmm. they haven't really had it updated in Uruguay. Yeah. So, um, but I met... Um, a couple of people, but somebody specifically who's doing a PhD at the moment looking at um, copyright exceptions in Latin America and, oh, wow. and comparing um, four different countries. So, yeah, really, Excellent. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, there, there was um, uh, the, the, Euro, the Montevideo Convention. Mm. Uh, uh, that was an international convention with a special treaty on copyright that was like the alternative of the Berne Convention for Latin America. Okay, I didn't realise that. Mm. So so that was also something interesting for me, Mm. uh, that there is an alternative uh, history of international uh, copyright Copyright uh, uh, by uh, the Montevideo Convention, uh, more influenced by America as well, and uh, by the United States of America, and the attempt to, to divide... A copyright in different in different ways of regulating it. Uh, also, uh, not so focused on nationality, for instance, as as the Berne Convention, yeah. but focus more on on publication. Uh, so instead of if you look at the Berne Convention, it has the two major points will be reciprocity and nationality yeah. as a way to make inter- uh, copyright international. <coughs> the Montevideo Convention was much more interested in publication as a point by which uh, copyright is, was made uh, regional uh, at, at that point. That will be to attract publishing industries to to print books in, in Latin America. Right, uh, okay. Or in America in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, I think, uh, was an issue that attracted me uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but more recently, you've, you've also been studying um, the, the intellectual, intellectual property as a sort of academic subject, haven't you, and the history of that and how yeah. it's been introduced into universities. In the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah which I, that's, I find that really interesting as a subject actually it's yeah I, many I, levels because it's about teaching in the way yeah, it's yeah also... I was interested also in in uh, then I moved a little bit my interest to uh, to UK mm. and European copyright history or intellectual property history um, for uh, for uh, logistical reasons mm, <laughs> when yeah. I was when I was a student I could travel a lot and I travel a lot in in Latin America mm. Uh, looking at archives and and then um, there are two problems when you do that research. I mean, I still think it's very important, but there are two problems. One is you need to translate a lot of stuff, yes, <laughs> because it's in Spanish, yeah, uh, and and that's really time consuming, and also. Uh, it's very costly to to go there and mm. to do a lot of work, and and then. So I move a little bit my interest to to copyright history in the UK mm. uh, in general and in Europe. And one of the topics that I was interested in was, <clears throat> was the recent uh, discipline uh, of intellectual property, so-called, as being taught in, in universities, mm. when that emerged and which courses, which courses and which universities 
uh, started started doing intellectual property in the way uh, that is being done today. Mm. Uh, it's a very it's a very recent history. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So the the term intellectual property is one that 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 is uh, contested mm. sometimes because uh, it's become kind of an industry term to say these are in intellectual property and that creates comes with it a certain amount of ideological stuff doesn't it that baggage the, yeah, yeah that, that this is property and therefore mm. you know and they all the different types yes. of, of intellectual property should all be respected as property whereas you can see it from another perspective which is well these are all quite distinct things copyright is different from mm. patents and different from trademarks and they are a bundle of rights that are provided for particular reasons so is that something that that came up in, in your research of that history, you know, the, the use of the term and what that actually meant for people studying it? Yeah, I think that if you take any textbook, um, they will have an introductory chapter of of how the term is, is problematic. Mm. And, but it's, it's interesting how in the 20th century, for instance, uh, copyright uh, was until the 60s or 70s more associated to defamation than than to patents for yeah. instance uh, so if you were doing the law of copyright uh, you will be someone uh, a lawyer expected to have some knowledge on on libel law and, okay uh, because that's where your clients will need some some advice you mm. receive a manuscript and there are two things that you have to wonder about. One is copyright, and the mm. other one is whether there are defamatory statements in right. there. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the clearance of the manuscript was traditionally conceived as as do, do, dealing with media law, or what what today some people will define as media law more than patents or trademarks. Mm. I think there are there are several. Uh, issues uh, that made the the term intellectual property to be accepted or, or, or as a as a as a keyword for our teaching and our uh, discipline. One is the change of name in the World Intellectual Property Organization mm-hmm. uh, in the sixties, and and also <clears throat> some textbooks as well. Uh, Bill Cornish textbook in nineteen eighty one. Uh, using that idea of intellectual property as a, as an umbrella term, um, uh, and now uh, I, th- I think you will you will see that most of the uh, English uh, academics will use that term. It's it's still I mean I I don't know uh, to some to some extent it's still sometimes an, an obstacle mm. for thinking than than uh, than a what what to say? I mean, like a, a helpful right okay. uh, frame mm. frame. Um, and in in Spanish, what what in Spanish speaking countries is it called the equivalent of intellectual property? I'm not saying, uh, I don't know the answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have been uh, t- more than twenty years <laughs> away from Spain, but I I, I think there was. Um, a distinction between intellectual property and industrial property. Mm. Uh, and industrial property uh, cover patents and trademarks. Intellectual property covers copyright. Right. Okay. Uh, a literal translation. Uh, the division is also channeled through different departments. Uh, if you were doing copyright, you would be in the civil law. 
Right. Uh, whereas if you were doing patents and trademarks, you were in the commercial law or, uh, department. So it's an ah, interesting... Yes. I think specializations in Spain and, and other countries, Italy perhaps, uh, is, is much more... is clearer than here. Mm. So um, here you will have someone doing intellectual property uh, and the expectations is that he does or she does uh, copyright, trademarks, patents, whereas in Spain it's not the case. Right, right. There would be someone doing copyright and it's not so easy to move to no. to patents and trademarks because they are two different disciplines being mm. taught yeah. in, in the university. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just reflecting on the fact that when people ask me questions, about copyright, which is my job, uh, they typically think if I can give them an answer about that, I can give them an answer on anything to do with any kind of information law. So I get drawn into, law, yeah. into data protection and yeah. all these other things, yeah. and libel yeah. and defamation. And yeah. I, I do what I can, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> there are limits. Um, that's just people, though. That's just, that's just people. As soon as they find someone who's prepared to talk to them... Yeah, yeah. they just ask them everything. Oh, could you yeah. help me with... I've got yeah. some moles in the garden. Can you <laughs> Copyright-related. Could be copyright-related. <laughs> Um, so I uh, wanted to ask what you're working on at the moment. Well, uh, many things. Okay. <laughs> many things. I am working on a history project on, on the intersection between copyright and patent as a document. So, uh, uh, there was a moment in which uh, mid-20th century in which patent documents uh, uh, were made accessible uh, much more to to be used okay. uh, to open scientific information. So right. I guess it's yeah. related to open access to some extent. Yeah. Um, and copyright was conceived to be an obstacle for that, uh, particularly crown copyright in the UK. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, and there were some discussions of of what is uh, what is a patent and how copyright had an impact on, on that questions of authorship mm. uh, the patent document as you know is, is the patent specification is being written by patent agents mm. uh, and, and inventors together uh, also um, problems of uh, reproduction of, of the patent document if it is being preserved by the patent office whether yeah. you could yeah. copy it or, or not take mm. notes first then mm. photocopy microfilm uh, or access so, to that database so that's one project that is uh, with some Swedish colleagues and and it's, 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 I'm very excited about it okay so <laughs> would the patent office Try to uh, early restrict. stages. Early oh, right. No, no. Would they try to restrict access? Was there any attempt to, you know, get some kind of uh, asking people to pay to get access to the to the I, patent? Record? I mean, I think I think there are many many interesting uh, questions there because the patent document. Uh, uh, some of the publication, or most of the publications of the patent documents is before examination. So, right. uh, so problems of access were also mediated by by how the patent was, or at what time the patent was being examined. Mm-hmm. And so some countries were publishing pending patents to be examined. Some others were waiting for the patents to be examined to be to publish them. So I think the copyright question. Uh, depending on the country, was interesting also of of what exactly you wanted access to, mm. um, 
Um, then, uh, I mean, is to cut the long story short. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to cut the long story short, I think the the push for uh, uh, circulation of uh, scientific information yeah. is what makes copyright to become uh, irrelevant at that point. Yeah. I, mean, I think the the open access and, and the the technology to access uh, uh, those patent documents and the importance and competitions between patent offices to make that uh, information available mm. made copyright uh, issues irrelevant at the end. But I think the, the decade, 60s, late 50s, 60s, it's an interesting episode to mm. reflect on issues that we were discussing before of open access yeah. and, and copyright and how copyright is related to to issues of accessibility of information and data yes. and data. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you raised that. <laughs> well, particularly as it's open access. It week is open as access. Well. Week. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we've um, been playing our our game this morning, the publishing trap. We have. And uh, it's also worth mentioning <laughs> that the publishing trap was uh, the very first proper playtest of this version was here at the University of Kent for Jose's uh, Industrial or Intellectual Property... And and what's the name of the of the course? Intellectual Property and Industry Practices. Right, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked me to come in and see if I could do something that was about scholarly publishing. The students and, love and it. The, the students was, like it. Yeah. And I just happened to say, well, me and my friend have been working <laughs> on something. Actually, <laughs> really. And then, then you went off to Baltimore. Oh, did you I? Did. You did went I? Off to Baltimore. I was swanning off somewhere so else then. I, I did yeah. it. I, I went yeah. into my usual kind of mania of getting it all ready. And yes. so, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that was a great opportunity for it me was, as well yeah. to play it in, with some people that had been you know, uh, aware of intellectual property mm. issues, yes. but not necessarily that um, aware of open access. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it would be interesting to get some of your reflections um, about open access. You've talked about their patents and scientific process, progress, mm -hmm. and there's this difference, isn't there, between kind of creative works that are sort of artistic works and then kind of information goods which are there to yeah. help science and progress. Mm. I, I mean, I don't know much about uh, the technicalities of what is going on in, in open access as a field, but... Well, it's a very detailed... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I um, have questions about similar questions of what I was telling you before about access to what and, and how access depends on, on logistics and, and money and, yes. and uh, technologies of, of making that to be possible. Uh, so my fear is that perhaps some of the open access rhetoric is uh, uh, creating a much more bureaucratic system of... of, of uh, dealing with with information or dealing with uh, with uh, literature, so that's that's as far as I can say. I okay. think yeah. I think this uh, obviously as as an academic, uh, um, I think open access is fundamental, uh, but there is a need to discuss what it is meant by openness. Yes. What yeah. is meant by access? Well, we could spend a lot of time talking yeah. about what what open means. What That's, open means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does it mean free? And does it mean? For instance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting because I I wanted to read um, one of your latest papers that um, Chris had sent me the link to, which mm. is in the 
Kent repository, actually, but it's mm. got an embargo on it. it yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Somehow I, I managed to find my way to it. I'm not quite sure. I think that was... Yeah. It was definitely a properly published version. A paywall. Yeah, <laughs> but I hit a paywall. I hit a paywall. I see. I did. You need to learn how to search for things on the well, library right. catalogue, don't got, you? I got you to find it you and should give get me the, a version of it. get some information literacy lessons. Let's let's not start that one. No, no, let's not. No, no. But I think it's... I find it... It's interesting, and it's always there's there's often some quite interesting like um, on on Twitter where somebody will share an article that's writing about scholarly communication and open access, <laughs> and then someone will point out that that article's behind a paywall, it and that other people ironic. can't read it. Ironic. And the irony of, of this, <laughs> but it it yeah, I think lots of articles about intellectual property, you know, mm. sometimes are oh, that is that is the yeah. case, you know, they're they're published in academic journals. Um, without, you know, it, I can I can get them through my university subscriptions usually, but other people may not be able to do that. And yeah. 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 I wanted to ask, we can change mm. the subject, can yeah. we ask about your copyright heroes? So you have mentioned a few names already, but yes. can you tell us, so the people who've inspired you in your work? Uh, uh, um, yeah, I have mentioned uh, Fiona Macmillan, my supervisor, mm-hmm. uh, Bentley and Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um in in intellectual property in general, uh, Mario Biagioli and and Alain Potage, um, and and also some of my co-writers, Kathy mm-hmm. uh, Bowery, uh, a lot of inspiration as to the ways, the different ways they approach same questions. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know heroes or I think people who have influenced more than yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many people I think uh, co-writers can be yeah. very inspiring. Well, they can. They can also <laughs> be quite challenging. They to can work be really with annoying. As I well. was just a yeah, little no, <laughs> How do you when you do work with co-writers? Do yeah. do you have a kind of a, a usual model? For, do, do do you like to do like a first draft and pass it back to someone else, or do you just talk about stuff? And how how does it work? It depends. It depends on. On the core writer, the, uh, the um, for instance, I was recently in uh, in Australia with Cathy uh, Bowery, a core writer, and depends on the moment. We spend one afternoon working and we disagree on everything. <laughs> and I don't know if it was the jet lag, but the following <laughs> day I was agreeing on everything, and we <laughs> finished in a couple of hours. So we had to write. So it depends also on the momentum. Yeah. Uh, and the different dynamics that people and timings that people have writing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got sent a draft yeah. by something that Jane wrote and I'm looking at this morning and I've written in the comments, I fundamentally disagree, disagree. with this statement. I think disagreement. It was just early in the morning and you, you were just, you know, you weren't, you weren't, you hadn't had a cup of coffee or something no. and psyched yourself up to, to dealing with my writing. I guess I guess that's what I find it very interesting about co-writing. That is, uh, how you can work against disagreement and how mm. you can find a way mm. by which disagreement is 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 there, but but you can you can explain it. Yes. And and I I like it. I I think co-writing is 
is a headache, but it is also very... It makes your writing better, it, doesn't makes it? Your writing when somebody's better, challenging yeah. you, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It really makes you to focus. Yes. Um, what are you trying to what? say? <laughs> <laughs> In these two paragraphs, it doesn't make any sense. Is there actually a point? <laughs> should these not be in a completely different article? <laughs> so, yeah, I think the people who... Yeah, I think they... If, if I have to select influence people who have co-writing co with me, mm. really mm, have really influenced me to the extent that sometimes go, looking back at, at, at these articles, I, I'm not sure about what which part... Uh, was written by me and yeah. or, or oh, yes. so yeah. and that's really so good. we meet the test of the copyright that's really interesting one of the most mm, exciting things of of uh, being an academic yes yeah, yeah. co-writing yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Um, so, you, if you're you're going to a party and you tell someone that your uh, copyright's your specialist subject, what's your kind of favourite nerdy fact that you might try to sort of wow them with at a party? Is there is there? I'm, any... not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not afraid. <laughs> or do you just not mention I'll, it? Yeah, at all? <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah, I think uh, I tend not to talk very much about uh, copyright or IP when I go to social events. Really? But, but then my partner tells me that I am only talking about this since I, she has a different recollection of my interventions. He was uh, talking about the history of uh, <laughs> yeah. Latin American copyright yeah, between so, 1884 and 1892, all evening. So that's it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, um, I guess the... Um, I think some people ask me more about... Tell me more nerdy facts than I the new, the new one, the monkey oh. photograph, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The copyright in, in a recipe, it's a typical yes. one. So yeah, there yeah. are like two or three that people always ask you. I don't yes. know if it's your experience, but the, I think with the monkey photograph, that was a hassle to become a copyright scholar. They were always asking you, What do you think about it? Oh, yeah. Or, they, or now, with I think the, the cases that, that or the case that went on to the ECJ about copyright in in, uh, in cheese. Or oh, in, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that, those are the typical ones. Sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed to be a copyright scholar with, with, with some of these questions. When you're having to talk about monkeys and <laughs> yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing we love. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah. We also, uh, also like to ask questions What's the favourite topical news story that relates yes. to copyright? So I'm just gonna. Are you gonna play your copyright I'm, I'm news gonna, little yeah, jingle? Yeah, again, once yeah, again, yeah. super slick. Yeah, yeah. Here's the jingle. Copyright news. 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 Copyright. Um, okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, looking as, as we have been talking about history, I'm not really someone who follows up the news a lot. But uh, yes, I guess the copywriting our recipes is the one that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is topical. I think it's coming up in November mm -hmm. in the ECJ. Or, or the Court of Justice of the European Union. Sorry. We won't tell it all. So that, I guess that's that's one. Uh, I um, I imagine the Brexit 
will be another one that's mm. Brexit news related to copyright. Yeah, we, uh, said we, were, we were gonna ban people. About <laughs> I think we need a Brexit special at some point. Uh, but yeah. It might be at the point when somebody has a clue what's going on. <laughs> it might be the point at which we talk, try to talk knowledgeably about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think it might be related to the other question that you were going to ask me about where I am looking to Oh yeah, where well, you keep yourself up to date, yes. Yeah, uh, I, you... I, I don't keep myself up to date. <laughs> You're looking at history. <laughs> don't tell my students, but... <laughs> you just go to the archives. <laughs> to the archives, yeah, so yeah. I'm outdated by definition. But I, yeah, I think IPCAT, mm. IPCAT uh, has been really influential in, in copyright. Yeah. Uh, uh, knowledge and so I have a look to IPCAT from yeah. some days some weeks mm-hmm. uh, the copyright blog as well so, so that's, those are my Eleonora's Twitter oh, <laughs> account <yes. laughs> so, yes. you just have to follow Eleonora don't yeah, you that's keep it. yourself up to date with copyright <laughs> news stories basically yeah yeah. well you've mentioned recipes yes. so a question we have is uh, well we've brought you some thank you some, some cake some look great yeah. so what what are your other favourite types of cake or dessert I mean what what, what is it that is there a speciality where you're from? You would. Uh, yeah. You would really I don't know. Enjoy? I like everything that is sweet, but. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so uh, I have some favorites. Uh, there's a carrot cake that I like it very much. I don't know if this might be like advertising, but. No. <laughs> that's, well, that, that's you're, gonna it. Share, you're not going to share the recipe. Uh, not well. the recipe, but the place where I like. I like it, or I like to go in foils in the book. Uh, oh, talking about okay. books, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. in foils in in London, there's this uh, cafeteria that they have really great uh, carrot cake. Oh. Um, so, so do you get yourself a couple of the big weighty intellectual property? Yeah, books, and a slice I of the cake. spend the whole day there. Yeah. <laughs> a cup of tea or so, coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're in copyright heaven, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and also anything chocolate as well. Uh, and this one that you brought is one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> banana. banana, banana, and blueberry. Mm-hmm. Banana yeah. and blueberry. Well, we've okay. done well then. Haven't we? we have, yes, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Well, I thank think. you. Yeah, very, very I think it's time that we we eat the cake. Yes. Stop the waffle. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say thank you very much to Jose as no, well thank for you. a thank fascinating uh, trip around copyright history, Latin Me- America, memory lane. Yeah, yeah. 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 Been all over the world. We have We've been back over a hundred years. We have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. times. No, yeah. thank you. We even did a bit of Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay then. Thank all right. you. Thanks thank a lot. You. Thank you. Copyright waffle, copyright waffle, copyright waffle, all right.